the podcast with Mike and Bomber. Oh, All right, here we are. Sort of thinking you might want to just oh, give you the just intro. Get going. Anyway, here we are. Round eight has been done and dusted. It is. And here we are to chat about all then there's plenty of issues to come out of the weekend if you don't mind it was it was a interesting week of football uh yeah. what a week in football what, a, what a big week it's been in football not anymore so i guess oh, we started yeah yeah the footy show is that kicked off the weekend on thursday night channel nine i've canned it and it it, it wasn't the footy show no it, i i gave it a go and um the so new I format i do it it was just yeah I think someone made a comment that was just lefties gone gone a bit wild and I think the ratings dropped down to like 110,000 or something like that. Mm. Um, when Ed came back, they were back to like 400,000, but they just, yeah, there's no love and the front bar's going really well and you got Fox with all their shows and... Yeah, it's too no. much. Nine can't keep up. No. So and, uh, the old formats died. Well, look... The footy I think show. It, I think the point it fell off the cliff was when the Gary and Billy Brownless thing happened. Oh yeah, that was the point. I when I was still watching it re- yep. and enjoying it. Yep. Even after that a little bit, but mm. and it just lost it. I think after Gary, Gary, James, and Billy, Shane Crawford a little bit. It was, it was a good mix. Good mix. It was a good dynamic, mm. and then yeah, and then Gary went off the rails, and yep. Um, then yeah, the show wasn't really the same, and and then they tried to replace them both with Hutchie, and that was never going to work. And then they bring Eddie back in a pretty desperate move, and it was desperate. it worked initially, but then not. Nah. And then um, yeah, the different Brought the youth this in year, with a whole just, bunch. Of they still keep Fev on there and all that, too. but it's it's very. And the, the thing about the footy show, and particularly Sam, Sam's a very polarizing figure, but Sam. Put bums on seats. Yeah, people uh, watch the footy show to see what he did next. Yeah, you know whether it was putting a pie in David Swartz's face or flying in <laughs> on a flying fox or coming in naked or something like that. He was going to do something stupid, yep. getting his dax ripped off. Yeah, Croft. Yeah. So, but there was something was going to happen. Um, I mean, I did think when he was getting a bit older that he just started ranting and getting angry about everything. But he did anyway. Oh, footy show was a big part of. Growing up watching footy for me. It was, yeah. Um, so, but it, to me that had been long gone. Yeah. Anyway, on to the footy. Yeah. And getting on to the weekly wash-up as we, we uh, kick off and we'll start with your comments on the Facebook or Twitter or Facebook. As Let's Mike goes start with Twitter because there's only, Twitter. A, only a couple there. Uh, and shall we start? Uh, we'll start with, who is this? Anthony Kernow. We'll start with you. Uh, he's gone the best at Grundy and Dugowie. Getting it done for the pies and Grundy, uh, outstanding. I think he had what twenty five touches and had forty one hitouts or something like that. Yep, he's um, was so definitely the, the most influential out there for the pies. I mean, he, I think he's taken the Dean Cox game to a new level. Yeah, well, he's sort of changed the the style of ruckman that have been around in recent years. Yeah, uh, Cox was probably the yeah the most likely, but been out of the game for a little while. Yeah. But so two goals, twenty five touches, and fifty hitouts. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, and Dugowie, two goals, two. I'd love to see his year stats. I think he's been quite inaccurate in front of the sticks, but twenty three touches, um, and that goal off the ground, which really 
you know, stole a march on the Blues after they'd been gallant all day. Speaking of that goal, mm. it was on the uh, top ten, you know, the oh, yes, ten yes, thing. The 10. I think it was like fourth or something. It was a bit high up, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. It was Collingwood. It was Degoe. I was a bit sad, disappointed that my man, well, he's not really my man. I'm, I label a few people as my man. <laughs> but JK, right, I do love JK, uh, took one of the best pack marks you're likely to see. Didn't get a look in. No? No. Bit of love for JK. Thanks, folks. Probably needs to change his name to Goey. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, Collingwood. maybe get a look in. Anyway, mm. Cooch, uh, Anthony Kerno is not happy with uh, Fife throwing the elbow and Anthony is, is a Dockers supporter. Oh, is he? So he's not having a crack. Well, okay. Um, and, ru- and he says subsequently ruining his multi, which both of our multis didn't come in. Probably a good point to mention that. No, they Gold didn't. Gold Coast and Port in both of ours and they lost. Yeah, it was so pretty, what do you think about the pretty Fife? hard round to, uh, to pick, but... Um, your take on the Fife one. To be honest, I was at the game and I I didn't even notice it happen. Because you were 300 metres away up in the nosebleed seats. Yeah, well, I'm pretty high up, but <laughs> got a nice spot on the wing there. It's, <laughs> it's good. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't notice it. Um, and then obviously heard everyone talking about it. And it's because you look at Fifey with different eyes than you look at everyone else, I reckon you do. I think I was probably – it was probably at a point where I was thinking this game is so bad. <laughs> There's nothing for us here. Uh, Got distracted by we'll get it. get into it later. It was pretty good if you're a Richmond fan. But uh, <laughs> Steve-O, he's getting – good to see you getting involved, Steve-O. Mm. Here comes the Frio slide. They are a rabble. What do you reckon? Are your side a rabble? Uh, I think – a bit of a spoiler. The heat is on Frio. Heat's on. Mm. Mm. Uh, oh, I picked them. The heat I is on for Thursday's episode on Freo. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, I picked uh, them t- to win this game on Sunday. I changed my tip one, mid, mid, one, mid uh, one we pod. differed. And uh, I think the week before when they played Adelaide, I might have tipped them as well. Um, I've been a little bit disappointed. I was quite happy with their game against the Bulldogs three weeks ago. Yep. Uh, but I I remember looking at the end of that Bulldogs game, sitting there and looking at the guys, and they looked absolutely stuffed. Okay. And I said to myself at that point, this is going to carry over. Then I forgot all about it. And then I thought we'd beat Adelaide. And I think that was a really tough game, really hard game. And I think that they tired again. And then I think well, that was got to slog. this game where Richmond were able to just run and spread and – there was waves of Richmond players running from defence through the midfield, and I just think, well, that's that's we the thing. And I, I kept mm. on thinking it and seeing it, and Richmond just surged. Yeah, it was that surge mentality. They would have f- five players around the ball, and they would just run it through the midfield, oh. and um, and you go at one, and yeah. then handball to the side to the next yeah, one. And they there's just always someone there. They just worked so hard, mm. um, and it seemed like the Dockers. And I watched probably the second half of this game. Uh, the Dockers relied on Walters, Fife, and Mundy, mm-hmm. and I don't think too many others. Lob was okay. Uh, not too many others did anything else. Yeah, I think it, it was sort of that. And a few players had a bit of an off game. Mm. Um, I think the forwards or maybe Richmond's defence were quite good. Yep. Um, and oh, their yeah. defence was outstanding. Yeah. Now, this is not taking nothing out of the from Richmond. They were sensational. Mm. Um, but Frio, 
If you want to play finals, you've got to be winning those games. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Disappointing. All right. On to the Facebook. And uh, so Dano, Daniel, he says, best Carlton's promising effort. And I didn't like a tweet from Mitch Cleary from AFL.com.au and saying, oh, Brendan Bolton will be happy because they played well for three quarters. Taking a bit of a dig at, at Carlton. But against Collingwood, no yeah. one expected to win. No. Um, they were my certainty last week and I saw the score and I was like, ooh, yeah. bit of a problem. So I think we can tip our hat to to Carlton for that well, effort. Well, after the game that they played the week before, which was a game they should have won and were terrible, they came back out and showed them yeah. – what they can do. Yep. So hopefully they keep it up. Although yep. the, I think they had some ins this week. Carlton Cruiser came back, oh, which I think is a huge, yeah, he's huge got difference. Um, he said, the worst is my tips, which, yeah, we didn't have a great week. I think I ended up with five. You ended up with four. So yeah. tips are hard. Uh, Nick, Nico, thanks for getting back on uh, back on board here. Nick Bell uh, said, best is the universe fixing itself having Frio below West Coast as it should be. And, yes, I think the Eagles are seventh. The Dockers are eighth on the oh, ladder at the moment. So the Eagles for the convenient. first time this year, I think, are ahead of the Dockers on the ladder. Worst is Carlton seem to have lost the way to win. Well, we know about that. We've but been talking about that all year. <laughs> We've been talking yeah. about that. And uh, Carlton, they just need a breakthrough. They need a breakthrough win. Um, when that's going to happen, I don't know. But I'd, I think I'd rather be a Carlton supporter than – some other teams at the moment that we'll talk about a bit later. Yeah. Lendo. Lendo. How about we start using the podcast as a platform to get rid of Basil from the commentary box? Well, Basil hasn't been in the commentary box that often, but somehow he Did ended the up there Sydney, on Friday night. Sydney game because he does Sunrise, so he's in Sydney all weekend. Mm, yeah. So, um, yeah, I must say his commentary, it's sort of shit. A bit monotone. When he gets excited, it's not, doesn't feel exciting. It's horrible. Mm. I'm not a fan. Yeah. Don't like it. Yeah. I, th- I don't know if Basil's the right uh, – he's not going to take he's his – He's right for Sunrise. He's uh, stay there. Uh, the, the, well, I think he was sort of a bit of a favourite of Dennis Cometti, Basil. Yeah. I think he's got – yeah, but I don't know what – yeah, no. Nah, mm. Not for mine. Uh, Big Dave has got on saying he loved the 666 rule, making it more true than ever. Uh, that it's not over till it's over. And you just have to look at the Gold Coast Melbourne game for yep. that. What a finish Incredible. that was. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, he said he loved, or it was interesting, the Eagles getting stuck in the lift. Yeah, so that was an interesting had, one. It was Yo, Gaff, um, I can't remember who else it was. Um, Darling, I think maybe I Ryan. I think uh, Alan was in there too. Yeah. And uh, the guys just stuck in the lift and they got the cards out, just started playing some cards. <laughs> um, so just some tight-knit work and uh, he said, it, oh, I'm sorry, the phone's just gone off there. Where's BT's heartbreak over Fantasia? And when he said he wasn't changing all the ridiculous keyboard warrior snowflake outrage <laughs> that followed, get a grip, you Muppets. Uh, it's always more about the Arazio anyway, not necessarily the Fantasia. Yes, I agree. Horatio. So, uh, you're nice there from Dave. Thanks, mate. And uh, Big Joe and Andes. Joe. Yeah, get in on Joe. Yeah, I've I just written this in my notes. So, worst moment, only 14,000 turning up to, to the G for the Hawks and the Giants. So, the Hawks, well-supported club. The Giants, mm. not a well-supported club, but a top four team. Yeah, you'd think that they'd good, be. Good day. I Melbourne. reckon if Hawks supporters thought they were going to win the game, they would have been there. Yeah. Although 14, I think that there's a bit of uh, talk this week about uh, Mother's Day causing a bit of a problem for 
attendance numbers around the country. Interesting. So um, I think that their numbers were down on Sunday games. Mm. Interesting. And I, I – bit of talking – no, it's not really a talking point. I just said that. Um, <laughs> my brother went over. My brother doesn't normally watch footy. He won a trip over to go watch the Eagles Saints on Saturday night. Oh. And he sent me a photo. He couldn't believe how empty Marvel Stadium was on Saturday night. And I said, oh. yeah. That's, I, I guess it's the difference between where us over here – being a two-team town and Melbourne being a ten-team town, which for me it reinforces the point that the the team from Tassie needs to be one of the Victorian teams moving, not one of the interstate teams moving. Yep. I'll get some opposition for that one, but <laughs> national comp, hashtag. All right. That's the wash-up. So we should get into our uh, our thoughts, I guess. And firstly, before we do well, that. One of our thoughts is, is on this, I think. Yeah. Uh, probably the biggest talking point of the week was Friday night. Friday night. The end of the Dane game. Dane Rampey. Climbing the goalpost. Yes. So we put a post on both of our Facebook and our Twitter. And our Facebook post, um, thanks for everyone who got involved, 55% of you said, yes, it's a dog act and he shouldn't have climbed the post. And there should have been a penalty, like free kick or 50-metre penalty or whatever. And 45% said, nothing to see here. Uh, Whereas on Twitter, uh, it was 70% who said, yes, it should have been a free kick or something like that, and 30% who said no. And there was uh, Steve-O mm. who got quite oh, – yeah, uh, oh, Steve-O was not happy. And I'm pretty sure Steve-O is a uh, SM supporter. He said uh, – I am gonna. I think there's a bleep in here somewhere. The rules of our once great game say it certainly was a free kick to Essendon from the goal square. No grayer at all. I think in that rule, the AFL have once again – Essendon over. That's twice in three weeks, both resulting in losses by a kick. Interesting. I don't know. I think it is a little grey because I think the rule says if you shake the post, not if you climb the post. Mm. I think maybe the post moves a bit when he tries to climb it. Yeah. But I still feel like it's not really in the spirit of the game to call a free kick there. Well, Jared Waitley said on, on 360 tonight, he said the furor would have been tenfold had a free kick have been paid there. Yeah. Me personally, I'm sort of thinking what would I do and – would you call a free kick? Did you know the rule before that? Yeah, yeah I knew the rule. Okay, I didn't know the rule. Um, there was a. I remember an incident. Some people listening might know. Daniel Harford, I think, climbed the climbed the goalpost in the late nineties, and I think okay, there was another player who tried to do it. But there was one that they showed on the uh, on three sixty or on the couch tonight, and I think it must have been Fletcher, and he was on the mark, and he was standing next to the goalpost, standing next to the goalpost, and. Uh, the guy was having one of the shots, you know, having to do like a yeah. check side or around a corner sort of one. And he was there leaning on the goalpost and as he came in to kick, he was yeah. shouldering the goalpost and it was shaking. For those of you who couldn't see Mike, he was just gesturing as if he was not leaning on the goalpost anymore. <laughs> um, so uh, oh, I, I'd... Would this you pay a free kick? No. That's, that's the question. And no? the thing is, and, and I will get on my whole horse a little here, only a little bit. Uh, I just think... The Essendon fans, if they're going to blame the integrity of the game and all that sort of stuff, Essendon didn't deserve to win that game. Essendon had their chances to win that game. I mean, I was watching the glory, I'll be honest. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, Essendon had more inside 50s, more shots, more opportunities to win that game, and they didn't win it. And Myers probably was not going to kick it anyway. No. And Ramphy, yes, wasn't in the spirit of the game, and you got to please explain from the AFL. But did it impact on the result at all? No. 
well, if the free kick was paid, it would have. It would have, yeah. But I don't feel like uh, if you'd paid a free kick, I think it would have been a worse outcome yeah. on the game yeah. uh, than not paying it. Yeah, I, I just think that um, the rule says shaking the post, he climbed the post, still not a good look and he's been told that it's not a good look. Yep. But I don't think that's a 50. No. So, interesting. All right. All right, shall we uh, get on to our star and our flog of the week? Yeah, sure. All right, star of the So, I think we've mentioned a couple of mine. I've gone my star of the week as Perth Glory. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You could almost call them a flog if it uh, went slightly the other way. What is it, like eight penalties each in the end or or nine? Yeah, there were five saves in a row. Yeah. Uh, Friday night. They really uh, had control of the game up until what, maybe the 60, 70th minute and then uh, yep, let a couple in. Let a couple in then got ahead in extra time and uh, Adelaide get one back and then they go behind in penalties. They thought, well, you know, they deserve this. And then Liam Reddy not only takes one of the best penalties you'll see. Yeah. Um, saves three in a row to, uh, you know, to uh, – help them win and they're playing Sydney after Sydney smashed Melbourne last night 6-1 so next Sunday afternoon at Optus Stadium, Optus Stadium. I hope they get a big crowd in yeah I hope the change of venue like uh, moving from uh, HBF Park I think it's called to uh, Optus Stadium I hope that doesn't hurt the Glory's chances probably will but um, yeah I don't think they've played there before have they no, definitely mm. not. They'll play there. It's a good warm-up for their game against Manchester United yeah. in, uh, in July. That's true. Um, my star mm. is Jared Roughhead. Okay. And Roughhead got dropped and, you know, everyone's talking about Clarko and all the rest of it. Got dropped, hadn't been playing well. That's all well and good. But it's, I guess it's about what you do from that moment. And Roughhead, video circling about him uh, coaching, uh his VFL opponent. Um, it was, I don't know. It just, it just was a feel good moment where, and Roughhead kicked five goals and he's knocking back on the door, which you'd expect, mm. but just to see him not let it get to him, not let it affect him. And still, I think he knows what his role is in the game at the moment. And the defender, I think he was interviewed after the game. I'm sorry. I've forgotten his name. Um, he just said oh, the opportunity was there, so I thought I'd ask about his patterns and getting in the right spots and all this sort of stuff, and Roughhead obliged. And, oh, really? And so if you haven't seen the video, you can see Roughhead pointing to certain spots and giving a bit of toot, giving a bit of a toot, <laughs> and I think that's excellent. Good good stuff. Right. You know, Roughhead's at that point in, in his career, and good to see him helping out a young player. Yeah. Good stuff. Flog? Flog for me, uh, pretty obvious one. I've gone. <laughs> You've gone rampy. Rampy. <laughs> Well, I think that the decision was right in the end, but Rampy shouldn't have given the decision to make. <laughs> it was it was a silly thing to do. Funny enough, I've thought about wonder. You know, when they try and touch the ball over as the ball's coming in for goal, they try yep. and touch it on the line. Would you be allowed to jump up and use the goalpost as a bit of a step ladder to touch the ball? No. You can't do that? No. Okay. I haven't seen too many players try it. Yeah, I know. Well, I've thought about it a little bit, but Mm. I sort of thought when Rampy was doing it that maybe that's what he was trying to do, get up Mm. there a bit higher and maybe touch it on the line. But Mm. he was just getting up there. He was just told to get down before he got up. Getting up there. Mm. Uh, My flog, and I've got two. And my first one's to BT. 
BT, if you're told to say a player's name a certain way, just bloody do it. Right? Your job is to call the game. It's not about you. Uh, but, you know, either or either. It's we pretty, love BT. It's pretty amusing. I do love BT. Uh, but, but my main flog, and thank you very much to Daniel for sending this to me, is, and I don't know how many times I've flogged this Muppet, uh, Damien Barrett says this on Sliding Doors. He says, if a showdown isn't played at the MCG on a Friday night sometime soon, then it will be an opportunity lost on so many fronts. It is the main AFL rivalry by the length of Winx's winning margin in her second Cox Plate, which he says in bracket eight lengths. Now... That is, There's the, so many things wrong with that. There is a that is an absolute crock of shit if I've ever ever seen one. Like for a start, just because the AFL has a good rivalry doesn't mean it has to be played at the MCG. So or basically, what he's night. saying, what he's basically saying is, you know what, Adelaide play, Adelaide fans, stuff you, right? Port fans, stuff you. The sun and shines and sets at the MCG, <laughs> so we're going to play it here. You know, national comp, and I, I believe and I agree that the showdown should be played on a Friday night. Yep. Like, what would you have rather watched on Friday night, Sydney Essendon or showdown? Showdown, yeah. Why isn't a derby played on Friday night? Yep. You know, um, instead it's just, yeah, that is that is just, it doesn't help anybody, those comments. Yeah. Um, and it's just ridiculous to think that Adelaide would play Port Adelaide at the MCG, unless it's a grand, grand final, final, which yeah. even then it shouldn't be, but that's another discussion for yeah. another day yep. and another month. Yeah, stupid thing to say by Damo and uh, just another one to add to the list. All right. I think we should get on to the big issues, a couple of big issues that we haven't covered. Yes. So Fife and Gaz, we've sort of touched on it. Yeah. But they um, both got off. It's funny. I think Fife's was worse than Gaz's in terms of maybe imp, uh, level of impact. Mm-hmm. Bit sort of more, uh, what do you call it, like harder impact? Yeah. Um, so I think maybe he was lucky to get off, but I think Gaz was lucky to get off purely on the fact that he got told not to do it last week, week before. and then did it again. My take on it was I thought um, Fife was almost bracing because they were both coming towards each other. But he had the elbow raised in his head. The, yeah, the- uh, I thought Ablett's was clumsy, but got him high. And I saw a nice. If you want to see some good entertainment, look at Robbo and Chris Scott going at it on three sixty. Yes, it's entertaining because yeah, they're both interesting cats. Uh, I saw this tweet from a bloke called Adrian Johnson, who I think is. Uh, He's on AFL Nation. So, oh, yeah. so he said, going to be difficult to find a bigger injustice this AFL season. Gary Ablett, a deliberate elbow to the head, no suspension. Nat Fife, a deliberate elbow to the head, no suspension. Sam Durden executes a bump resulting in an accidental head clash, suspended. And this is a reference to the young North Melbourne player, Durden, Sam Durden, who bumped Gary Rowan. And because the bump resulted in their heads coming together and Rowan leaving the ground, he's copped a week. Mm. So is it the superstars rule? I think based on that it is. Because <laughs> I'd argue that if it was somebody other than those two, well, mm. the, the calibre of those players, yep. then they'd probably just make an example of them. I yep. mean, they tried to do it to Gaz last week, but yeah. I think um, last week I, th- I was very – I was happy with Gaz – was it 300-odd games, yeah, yeah. never, ever done anything? Yeah, um, yeah I think that's I would fine. have been happy if they both, both copped a week. Yeah, probably would have been acceptable. 
Um, but not saying I'd be happy. But yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, obviously with your players involved. But, mm. um, yeah, interesting one. And then uh, I have to mention Mitch Robertson from the Brisbane Lions, a really cool tweet where he's uh, put the uh, – if elbowing is okay and he's put uh, a picture of the rock – just doing his special move. What do you call it? I don't know. Off the tightrope and then just elbow into the head. Just, yeah. Uh, fi- his like finishing. Elbow drop type thing. Yeah. Uh, finishing signature move. So. I can't remember. It was long ago. I'm used to watch the wrestling. Yeah, I know. So, interesting one. Uh, what else do we need to talk about? Um, the Dyson Heppel smile after the. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit strange. The Myers kick. I don't know. Do we know exactly what was said or anything like so that? So, Heppel came out and said. I didn't want to make him feel more crap about missing and that he cost us the game. So he thought he would say something lighthearted. And I think that's okay. There are some Eston fans that I heard today furious. They want the players to be crying to be after every loss. Uh, that was that was probably a one in a hundred sort of a kick, that one. And I don't think... He wasn't kicking it. Yeah, it was pretty pretty difficult too far out. Yeah. But a lot of Essendon fans expecting Essendon to be better than what they are. And, uh, yeah, they're getting a bit upset. Mm. Yep. All right, next on the list, uh, Tim Kelly. Mm. His form. I'm just going to put it out there, just projecting into the future. Tim Kelly is currently, I think, third in our votes at the moment. He wins the Brownlow this year, like this, if he does, like his second-year player. Mm. Oh, well, Geelong ain't going to let him go, surely. Well, they don't have a choice, do they? Yeah, well, he doesn't have he's to sign the contract, his contract. You have Tim Kelly back playing at South Fremantle next year after winning a Brownlow. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Well, how does it work? You've, he's got a contract until the end of the year with Geelong. Correct. That ends. Do they have to trade him or can no, he just walk can into just walk another into the club? Draft. He can, he'd go into the draft. So he can't just walk into another club? No. He, he has to go to the has national Has to be draft. traded or go into the draft? Yep. So it's, if he says to go, it's in Geelong's interest to try and get as much as they can for him. But, oh, gee, it's going to be interesting if he says he's going to go and he's playing as well as he is at the moment. Uh, and the best thing, <laughs> this was quality. Uh Tim Kelly was asked uh, by, I think it was uh, Underwood, her name is, the reporter Kelly after Underwood. the Kelly Underwood, yep. after the Cats-Kangaroos game, if uh, the wife got anything for Mother's Day, his response, that she got some uh, hair removal cream, no, some hair, uh, like laser treatment for hair removal. <laughs> Probably a bit, a bit too, too honest there. Was, uh, just say some flowers or something. Yeah, just the old uh, LASIK hair removal treatment uh, for, for Tim Kelly's missus. Um, I dare say that he oh, might no. uh, he he'd be hoping the missus has heard about that one. <laughs> but that was quality. Um, bit of West Coast, just for a moment. Okay. Uh, a few people out there saying, yep, West Coast steadied, two wins, albeit against Gold Coast and St Kilda. Mm. Um, looked really good in the third quarter uh, when they kicked six goals to two, I think, and really stole a march on the Saints. But then a lot of Eagles fans were critical and then the after-match uh, talk back, you know, because you get a lot of interesting characters ringing back at those times saying, Eagles can't put anyone away, our percentage is crap and all that, which it is. Um but you have to just look at it. West Coast, in their last quarter, they were up by 30 points at three-quarter time. 
they had the first four scores of the last quarter, which were all behinds. So they led by. So if they had taken the most of their opportunity, it would have been seven goals up, and it's not an issue. And in the last quarter, they ended up kicking one goal late to four goals two. So and Saints got right back in it, and you mm. thought, oh no, that was like the Gold Coast the week before all over again. But I don't know, nothing to see here. Saints are a good pressure team, and the Eagles won tackles, contested possession, and clearances. Yeah, I think the and Eagles I'm happy with have that. had a, a rough patch, and they're sort of just coming out of it now. Um, yeah. And luckily, the fixtures have sort of been okay to them because if I think if they'd played two decent sides in the last couple of weeks, they yeah. probably would have got towed up. Yeah, and so, you know, you take it. Um, and my last point that I'll mention is Richmond. So the injuries. So they've got another couple. So Nank, Nank's out for six to eight, they reckon. Wow. Uh, I think that means Saldo will come in and do some ruck. Yeah, when they've got Bolter. Bolter, he been, looks all right. Very he athletic. He looks okay, he? yeah. He's, he's more athletic than uh, good ruck. But Yeah. I saw uh, Nathan Broad. Do yeah. some rucking yesterday. Oh, they a lot of the time they weren't putting guys in the ruck. Mm. They were just not nominating yeah. because they didn't have anyone. Didn't have anyone? And I think young the young bloke Ross has done an ankle. So, but it's they're still getting it done. The Tigers and mm. um, I know you're not thrilled about that, but no. they are. So Tigers, well done, and that shows the system works. And final point, Grind Myers is this week's rising star. So the dreadlocked oh, yeah. uh, little yep. Geelong forward. Cool uh, is this week's round eight. It's the third from Geelong this year. Yes, with Clark and Constable. Mm. So I'm still on my man. And what I'm are sure they, top of the ladder and three rising stars? It's a good sign. Good sign for them. It's yeah. terrible for everybody else. Yeah, I know. The cat's looking good. So mm. that's our wrap, and we're going to get them back with our, our votes from this week's games. Great. The Holding the Ball Podcast. All right, so here we are, and we'll just uh, quickly run through our votes from this week's games, and... Uh, and we'll update you with our leaderboards and yep. all that stuff. So started on Friday night with uh, Sydney's last uh, late well, – I wasn't really late when Sydney were in front uh, – against Essendon uh, with the uh, Dan, Dan Rampey controversy, and he hasn't snuck into the votes as a result of his goalpost climbing efforts. <laughs> I gave one vote uh, to George Hewitt, who's uh, making a bit of a name for himself. Uh, he gets votes purely yeah, – Has he been tagging? He has. Yeah. So he only had 19 touches, but he – you know, had uh, five clearances and kept Dylan Shield at 17 touches at 41%. So, a lot of pressure on his yep. kicks. Yep. Yep. Zach Merritt gets two votes for his 28 touches um, and three votes, his first votes of the year, I might add, to Luke Parker mm. with 33 touches. Hopefully, it's a sign of improvements for Parker. Yeah. Because yeah. um, he's, you know, He's at 26, 27, and he's at that age where he needs to be carrying this next group through. Yep. Uh, on to Saturday morning, the game in – and I stuffed this up last week. Mars Stadium is not in Darwin. It's in Ballarat. Uh, so <laughs> my bad. Right, yeah. Uh, I gave one vote, and he's starting to play really well again, this bloke, to Dane Zorko, 28 and two goals. Uh, two votes to my man. I like this guy, McRae from the Dogs. He had 28 touches and 19 of them were contested, if you don't mind. Uh, and w- uh, three votes to Josh Dunkley, who had 38 touches and a goal and eight score involvements and 11 clearances. So he did really well. Uh, over to you for the uh, big Carlton Collingwood game. Yeah, so uh, here I went with Trelaw. Trelaw had uh, 34 touches, 16 contested and eight clearances. For uh, the one vote, 
I went Paddy Cripps, who had a really good game, but couldn't, couldn't drag Carlton over the line. Uh, he had 35 touches, uh, 19 contested, 13 clearances and a goal. Beast. And uh, Brody Grundy, just as we mentioned before, changing the ruck into a, a new sort of um, midfield midfielder role, isn't it, mm. he's playing? Uh, Grundy had... I've lost my stats. 25 disposals and I think he kicked two, two goals, goals and 48 40 yeah, outs. Yeah, so that's a huge game. Massive game. So uh, that's the votes for Carlton Collingwood. I think I had this you one as well. You're up on the coast. Gold Coast and Melbourne. Home of football. Game of the weekend without doubt. One moment, please. One so moment. Or Mike sorts here. this out. And uh, I... Uh, it's definitely uh, your bloke who you're going to give three votes to. Is certainly his best game for the year. Definitely. And I uh, wonder if Melbourne are on the improve just in time for a Friday night fixture in Optus Stadium. hope not. I hope so. Um, so where did I do? I went Tom McDonald for the one vote for his toe poke behind to win the game. Wow. <laughs> no, no. Uh, he did do all right. He had three goals. Three goals. Three goals. A couple of contested marks. Getting a little bit of form back, McDonald. Yeah, probably kick Low scoring game, three goals is not bad. Uh, Swallow had a really good game for Gold Coast. He's been good. 35 disposals, uh, 22 contested. (laughs) Interestingly, nine critical errors. Okay. Which is uh, critical unforced errors. Okay. So that's uh, not great, but um, (laughs) (laughs) take off nine off 35, he's still doing okay. Uh, And had 12 clearances as well. And uh, Clayton Oliver, who you mentioned, 38 disposals, 22 contested, 15 tackles, nine clearances, eight inside 50s. That's a pretty big game. Pretty big game from the ranger. Yep. Uh, up to Marvel Stadium on Saturday night, St Kilda West Coast. And I uh, stuck with the Eagles here. So one vote to Shannon Hearn with 25 touches across half back at 88%. Uh, Dom Sheed, it's good to see him returning to some form and he's really important to West Coast and them get the, the, the Gaff-Sheed balance right. Mm. He had 28 touches, um, 12 of them contested. So when Sheed is going inside at the moment, it's working for West Coast. And I think this bloke's West Coast's most influential player. When he plays well, West Coast win and that's Luke Shuey. I go three votes. 27 touches at 89%, which for a midfielder, that's bloody good. Uh, so at eighty nine percent with uh, nine score involvements. So uh, I was actually a bit shocked because I saw only a small amount of the game, but I thought Elliot Yo was a class above when he was near the ball. Maybe it was in parts of the game where the rest he was of the team weren't good. in my discussion. Yep. Uh, he was in my thoughts. Couldn't get the top three. Couldn't get in. Old mate Shannon Hearn. Gets yeah, in again. I couldn't couldn't leave Hearn out. I thought Hearn was rock solid. It was either a few of the old faves in there, I think. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> wow. Let's move on to the okay. uh, Port and uh, Crows game before we get in a bit of argument here. <laughs> uh, what did I vote for? I voted for Tom Rockcliffe. Had 41 disposals. Wasn't in any of the coaches' votes, if we're going to be critical. critical. Well, it's only one vote. <laughs> it's probably borderline. <laughs> 41 disposals. Mm-hmm. If, if that was Tom Mitchell getting 41 disposals, he would have been three votes. Okay, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 23 of those contested, 10 clearances and 12 inside 50s. I think that's a pretty big game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lynch. He was good. Tom Lynch. Where is important. 
He's he had 20 disposals. He, he's like that really key um, player for uh, Adelaide, isn't he? He just sort of roams around and connects the play. Yeah, he's really the, good. Yeah, he's the connector. Uh, so, yeah, he had 20 disposals and three goals on the night. And uh, Alex Keith. Yeah, won the showdown medal. All the talk at the moment. Two BOGs in a row for us. Yeah, it's true. Mm. Could be, I uh, wonder what he's paying in the brown. <laughs> oh, where are we? <laughs> When's the last time a defender won? Oh, gee. We'd have to go back through the archive. When's the last time a cricketer won the brown low? That's a good question. Uh, there's one for... Uh, I'll go find his stats. Uh, 26 disposals and five marks. That's not that great, is it? That's pretty good for a guy playing up. 14 contested possessions. Yeah. No, he had a really good game. Uh, North and Geelong. North and Geelong. So this one we went for. Sean Higgins gave him the the solitary one vote. 31 disposals, 17 contested, 7 clearances and a goal. Uh, We've gone for Mitch Duncan, who had a good game. 29 disposals, 12 marks, 23 uncontested possessions. So he's, he's a bit outside. He is, he is, but that's okay. Eight tackles, five clearances, two inside 50s. And we've gone for the man we talked about earlier, Tim Kelly, who uh, price is just flying and flying higher and higher. There was talk of a million dollars a season uh, by some of the commentators on the TV this, oh morning, boy. this afternoon. 36 disposals. 21 contested possessions, 11 clearances, 8 inside 50s, and 2 goals. Big game. He's in. He's on fire. Mm. You've left out Ablett there, but I reckon Ablett was bloody good. Yeah, he was a good goal from the pocket uh, from little Gaz. Don't get votes for a goal. Yeah, you should. Uh, all right. So uh, the Hawks and the Giants, and gee, the Hawks just uh, shocked the world here with this win in front of two people at the MCG. <laughs> uh, I gave one vote to young up-and-comer James Cousins with 25 touches and a goal. This bloke here for two votes is having a ripper season so far, and that's Ricky Henderson. He's got the old salt and pepper look going up there uh, quite well on top of the old uh, schnoz. But... Uh, he played well, 36 touches, 642 metres gained, uh, going really well. And a bloke who they reckon is a lock for Australian, you know, in round eight. Uh, James Sicily, I've given the three votes with 27 touches at 82%, I think it is, and 616 metres gained. So Sicily going well. There's a lot of talk about locks for key defensive positions in the All-Australian. Yeah. Uh, Pierce, we were talking about last week. Um Keith was Keith, mentioned Keith today. Keith's coming up. Uh, Sicily, you just mentioned. Yeah. It was someone else as well. Um, I'm not going to remember it now, but uh, yeah. Lexar, McGovern, they're all going yeah. right. Lots of good uh, defenders there. Mm. Uh, all right, on to the final game, my game. Uh, one that I wanted to leave at halftime. Oh, wow. <laughs> you just tell how it was going to end. Uh, so we've gone with the, the one vote for Hooley. He had 30 possessions. And Richmond in general seemed like they weren't as fumbly and were just cleaner and had more energy. And Hooley was really, really good at that. Uh, had 10 marks. Really, really good across uh, half back there. I've gone two votes for my man, Nat Fife. <laughs> Shaking your head over there. <laughs> uh, he was good. Fife, he was good. I think you've got to give it to him. I mean, you could argue there's three, but, you know, we didn't win the game. Um, 33 possessions, 21 contested, nine inside 50s, seven clearances and three goals. That's a pretty good midfielders game. 
Uh, and Kane Lambert, I think, was uh, talked about as uh, the main man across most uh, voting circles. Uh, I've lost my thing. 26 disposals, six marks, uh, and was I think he went at 90% efficiency. So uh, it was a really good game for him. Yeah, he's a good little player. Yeah. Uh, just to show the leaderboard. Um, so, uh, sorry, 96% oh. efficiency. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Uh, so looking at our leaderboard now for our player of the round, as Mike just clicks off the spreadsheet so I can't see. Uh, still, he hasn't polled in the last two games, but Lockie Neal still holds the top spot. Mm. But the Pack is chasing. But Neil, I mean, I gave Zorko the one vote in that game. Neil could sneak a vote in. It depends how you how the ump's set. Cripps has jumped into second on 11 votes and now we've got a three-way tie for third between Grundy, Sloan and Tim Kelly. So uh, interesting times there. And on nine votes, Trelaw, Cornelio and Rockleaf. So... Mm, the uh, GWS slowing down there a bit. Yeah. And just a quick look at the Coleman. Jeremy Cameron didn't score a goal this week. Yeah. Uh, but he's still nine votes clear on top of the uh, the Coleman medal race ahead of Ben Brown and Jordan DeGoey. Ben Brown getting his act into gear. So, yeah, so that is our, our wrap of round eight. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, if you haven't already, we appreciate all your feedback. So get in touch with us. And send us a rant. We want to talk a rant. Yep. Yep. Give us a big uh, spiel about the worst thing in football at the moment. Absolutely. Uh, so get in touch with us on Twitter at HoldBallPod and at Holding the Ball Podcast on Facebook. This is Holding the Ball, the podcast with Mike and Bomber.